Hey guys, welcome to From My Lens Podcast. Today's episode is called The Human's Connection and Growth with Natalia Anja. She is a photographer and a founder of the Portal to Self Retreat. Today we will talk about Natalia's wellness journey and how she was able to incorporate mindful meditation, breath work, cold plunge, and her overall wellness techniques in her daily practice. Also, for anybody who is interested in joining the retreat, which is happening next week, I have linked Natalia's social handles in the description and link to the event with the promo code. Thank you so much for listening and feel free to leave a review and subscribe. In the meantime, please help me welcome Natalia. So excited to have you on the podcast, finally. Thanks for having me. I know, finally, yay! We get to <laughs> chat. We get to chat in uh, cyber life. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. How have you been, first of all? What's, what's happening? What's new? Well, the past year, I feel like, has been a whirlwind. I think well, probably for everybody. Um, I have had a really up and down year, you know, with COVID. I went from uh, doing my yoga teacher training in Indonesia and having to come back home early and not finishing. And yeah. so that, that was really unfortunate. However, I felt like I was in such a good space, just mm-hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, that it was, you know, it was it was all a blessing in disguise for me. And I got to start a passion project that I've wanted to do for a while. And I, I wasn't having clarity around it. And then doing one simple exercise with a friend that guided me through it led to a full blown monthly online retreat space and, you know, more community things and uh, just been doing photography as well. And I like I have two full-time jobs and incorporating health and balance into that as well. So lots okay. of new things on the go, but lots of exciting things. And yeah, it's been, it's been a really good, interesting last couple of uh, 12 months. <laughs> That's amazing because I remember when I was in Bali, you were about to leave Bali because I contacted you at that time. Yes. That was in 2019. Yeah. That's awesome. That's amazing. I wanted to ask you about your journey in terms of mindfulness, meditation. How and when did you start this? I started my mindfulness journey, I I guess not um, in depth. I started it about five years ago, but I think it's always been important to me. I remember being on a flight back from LA to Vancouver and reading the book by Robin Sharma, uh, the monk that sold his Ferrari. Yeah. And that book is, you know, how everyone always asks, like, what's the book that changed your life? That was my book. Yeah. And it was the first book that I was like, wow, like this really changed my life. It changed my perspective on things. And mm-hmm. it made me more curious around mindfulness. And then through there, I kind of dabbled in it. But I would say about five years ago, I I was going through a really difficult time and I just had no energy. I had, I felt like I had no purpose and um, or like, it was just a very weird time for me. And then I started incorporating a morning routine into my life and I started playing around with different things to see what felt best. And um, in a part of my morning routine, I started incorporating meditation, for instance, and at first it was such a struggle for me and same with cold showers because yeah. Something I necessarily, it wasn't something that was easy for me, but I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Same with being a morning person. And I just kept at it and I kept at it as a habit and I committed to it. And I'm so happy that I did because, you know, they say 
takes 21 days to form a habit. And now Absolutely. five years later, it's still, um, I still do this quite often more than not. And, uh, over the past five years, I've just said yes to different opportunities, whether it was, uh, breathwork sessions mm -hmm. or meditation or sound healing or cacao ceremonies. And I've learned what I do like, what I don't like, what brings up certain things in my life. And, mm -hmm. and it's been a really fun journey of exploring. Amazing. And, um, you did say you started mindful journey, even breath work and cold plunge about five years ago. I mean, you incorporated that along the way, right? Um, was there any challenges that you faced when you first started? Like, yeah, I feel like even though I started the, you know, this mindfulness journey about five years ago, or even a bit longer myself, but I still sometimes I'm not consistent. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to find that flow. So how did you end up kind of, yeah, what were some of your challenges? Yeah, I would say that at first, my challenges were limiting beliefs, I would say not, not thinking that I could do it, first right. of all, and then always being like, Oh, well, I'm such a night owl, I'm such a night owl. And I, my biggest challenge was the language that I use with myself and the labels that I put on myself. Yeah. And that was a really big one for me. And so just changing the language to thinking that I am a certain way to then just accepting that I can be whatever I want to be, right? I can be a morning person and I've become one. And with what you said with that balance and that flow, I also struggle with that sometimes. I find I found out um, recently actually when I noticed it the most is when I was when I was traveling with my boyfriend that I have a really hard time being in flow when there's another person in space with me sharing space with me yes. so if, if that person isn't necessarily a morning person or maybe they are it's I find it difficult for me to maintain my morning practices because I have the sense of guilt that I'm going to wake them up. I'm going to disrupt them. I'm going to be annoying. And then, so I kind of pushed it to the side a little bit. Yes. So I got to a point where I was like, you know what, I, I can just find a space to do this, whether, mm -hmm. um, you know, whether it's in a car or in a bathroom or whatever it is, or in a separate room, right. there's always a place where we can, we can do that. Right. And so yeah. I would say those are the biggest things that I struggle with is just kind of being the people pleaser and not wanting to disrupt others. And then That's, also yeah. like, that I use around it. And then obviously the discipline too, it takes a yeah. lot of work sometimes if I'm up working really late, which I've been doing lately, um, you know, making sure I have a hard cutoff with social media uh, is one of the biggest time suckers out there. And so- Oh my gosh, I agree with right? that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because- it's almost like it's becoming a platform where you need to constantly prove something when that's not necessary. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. I think one important thing, a little bit of a sidetrack that, you know, social media can be a high rail. And I think it's important to ask ourselves, like, is real life better than my highlight reel? And absolutely. <laughs> I think that's important. And for me, um, I, I really enjoy, and I try to be as, media as possible but also still remain have my sense of privacy as well yeah and but just being honest and things that I'm going through and not trying to portray an image that isn't reality and like because I really do love and enjoy my life and I love having you know conversations like these and mm -hmm. with people and that'll never be able to be replicated on social media I don't think you can oh, never definitely. replicate no I think it's just so important to um 
just be real with ourselves, like you said, right? And be authentic. Um, which leads me to another question. When you started meditation, I know I keep going back to that, but I have a point when you start meditation, what, like what techniques or even right now, what techniques do you use? Is it like that typical, how we think of meditation by sitting down, closing your eyes for however long you want, or what, what is mindfulness to you? For me, the techniques are a bit different. So mindfulness to me is just being okay with being alone, for instance, and whether it's sitting uh, with your eyes closed or whether it's me sitting at the beach and it depends on my mood. So some days I'd want to do a quiet solo meditation where I'm just mm -hmm. breathing. And sometimes um, I'm, I'm certified in level one Reiki. Okay. And so sometimes mm -hmm. I'll actually do um, Reiki on myself while I'm meditating. And I've actually started doing that a lot more in the past month and a half. I got, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with red light therapy. I'm not. And I would love to know that because I did see um, your video that you just recently launched for your retreat. And I wanted to learn about that a bit actually today. If you could even talk to us about that would be awesome. Yeah. So there's, there's science to back it and I'm not, I, I'm not good at articulating it. However, I was yeah, like science get into my life. If you like meditation, mm -hmm. it took my meditation practice to a whole new level. Like I actually look forward to meditating. Like I always look forward to meditating most times. Sometimes it does feel like a, a chore for me because I, it's usually the times where I need it the most, <laughs> but, um, but I do, I felt like when I've incorporated the red light, I have this little device called the Apollo and I usually do it in the morning and at night before bed. And I've had such better sleeps and I, you feel like you're in the tropics and like the sun is on your face. And mm -hmm. it just, for me, I get into meditation so much more when I'm using that light and it just feels really good on my skin. And, um, it just has like that warmth to it too. So I love my red light lately. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll use, um, sometimes I'll use an app like Headspace, um, and then I also use Esvedra. Uh, they have an app and meditation app and I've really been loving theirs and I love su supporting local companies too. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, the founders are from Vancouver and um, their app is really wonderful and it's really inexpensive as well. I believe it's like $4 a month for right. all the stuff. And mm -hmm. so I highly recommend them as well. So my meditation practice is kind of all over the map. I go on feeling and I try not to be too strict or structured with everything because I feel like I lose a sense of flow and I'm someone who, who is a creative. So I like to, to go with what feels good and not be like, I have to do this unless right. it's really something that I'm working towards mm -hmm. accomplishing. That's amazing. And how about cold plunge? How did you, and when did you start that? I love cold plunges. So <laughs> I know <much>. you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I just, I, I have to share something about this morning. So we are, there is such a sense of community in the cold water exposure world. And I know this has been around for ages. Like athletes have been using cold water exposure Definitely. for their muscles and everything. And so it has become so trendy in the past few years. And I love that it has because it kind of brings together certain type of person and yeah. and 
people that come to the cold plunges that feel like they don't want to do them or they have resistance or they're afraid of the cold water. Okay. Nobody likes cold water. I don't think I yeah, haven't met one definitely. person that's like, oh, I don't at all. Right? But have you ever met someone that's like, I love being freezing cold. It's the yeah. best. <laughs> but the thing is when you dive in, I think that you get that sudden shock for like, I don't know, a few seconds. And then it just feels so good when you're in there. Yeah. And it's this feeling of being alive, I think. And it brings together the most wonderful community of people. So me and some girlfriends were outside this morning at the beach and doing a little workout. And then we went for a swim and there's two men in there that go out every single day. There's some in there for about 20 minutes. One man's been going out for seven years and he has a full community of like 15 people with their dogs coming to say hello and to hang out with him. I'm like, this is incredible. And it's especially during COVID when we're told to, you know, keep our distance and whatnot. And like they are, they're, they're um, social distancing, but just that sense of community. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I got very sidetracked to get very excited about cold plunging. Yeah, um, no, I love it. That's awesome. Because I remember when we first met, you had actually, in, I saw some of your stories on Instagram, social media rather, and I reached out to you and you even said, hey, we're going tomorrow. Would you like to join us? And you were even ready to pick me up. I mean, that was amazing. So (laughs) yeah, that was pre-COVID days. Yes. I started um, cold plunging because it was around the same time, um, back to your mindfulness question when I started with that, it was around that time a few years ago when I, uh, a friend had recommended cause I was experiencing like seasonal depression type symptoms. So I was so tired, lacked energy. And I'm usually someone who has a ton of energy, like thrives off, not that much sleep. And I just felt like out of my body a lot and, uh, just wasn't in a good place. And so I posted on Instagram, just kind of seeing if anyone had any tips and tricks and someone had recommended cold, uh, cold showers. And at yeah. first I was like, Nope, not happening. Yeah. Not I'm in for. And then I remembered that I saw Wim Hof speak at Tony Robbins and yes. like, Oh, you know what? He actually like talked about the science behind this. And, um, so I started my first cold shower one morning at like five 30 in the morning on a wet, cold Vancouver day. And I felt amazing after, and my mood changed and, whether people want to call it the placebo effect or whatever they want to call it, I just really believe in cold water exposure for, for, for most people. I think people need to be, um, be aware of their bodies because there, I think there are a couple of health conditions that you can't do cold water exposure. And yeah, I was going to ask you that actually, can, is cold plunge for everybody? I, I think for most people, yes. Like, obviously I'm not a scientist or a doctor, so I have no yeah. clue. But from personal experience, I would say there's been only two people that haven't been able to do it. Uh, one of them, um, one of them had a health condition that didn't react very well with it, and it was a health condition that he has to be a little bit more careful doing things. And then the other one is allergic to cold water. So, How other that than that, possible? Like, can somebody actually be allergic to cold water? I guess so. Yeah. And so they, uh, they, yeah, they break out in hives. And so I think, you know, I think it's good to test it out in a cold shower and and I think test it out, see how you feel. Obviously it's not going to feel awesome for the first like minute. And then after that, you, you know, you get, you get used to the cold and, um, 
it's such a powerful practice, I think, because um, that quote, like how you show up in cold water and how, is how you show up in life, I think is really accurate, at least for me in my life. And yeah, the days that's a great where- way to put it. I know. It's like, <laughs> I love it. How yeah. you show up in cold water is how you show up in life. And that's awesome. I love it. And I think like, I remember you mentioning there are so many benefits to it, like boost immune system, improve mental health. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about these benefits that are there? Yeah, there's a really good resources actually on the Wim Hof, uh, Wim Hof website. He, he talks a lot about the benefits and he also has done, they've done a lot of research around him in particular. Yes. And so that's a great resource for me personally. I've found the benefits to be, you know, um, faster muscle recovery. You feel great after, um, especially in the summertime, like I go on really long, um, sometimes overnight uh, camping, hiking trips. And so for me, mm -hmm. you know, jumping in a cold lake right mm -hmm. after makes me feel so good. And then also it improves sleep, it improves mm -hmm. your immune system, like since cold plunging, uh, this year has been a little bit different for me, but, uh, before this year, like I hadn't gotten sick in like two or three years and like, I just felt really healthy. And mm -hmm. also it's such a, com it's a commitment too, right. Where I, I also try to be mindful of not wasting water. So doing a cold shower, like to, to not be in there for too long, but just even having like, whether it's 30 seconds or one minute or two minutes, um, just that commitment to, to being in discomfort and being okay with being in discomfort, I think is really a good thing for me to, to practice on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I started this actually about a year ago. Yeah. So that was also pretty challenging for me. I mean, it was amazing and uh, I, I need to get back into it again. So how are yeah. you feeling when you do cold plunge? I feel well, the first time I did it. Oh my gosh. I, my body was just, it, it, it just felt different. And I did scream. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> and then after I loved it so much, I felt my skin was glowing. I remember I went to the Scandinavian Scandinavian spa in Vancouver and oh gosh, it was like literally I felt like I I got a, I got myself a facelift and it was so yeah. good. It um, feels so nice on the skin and yeah. I feel like I feel healthier when I'm doing it like mm -hmm. <clears throat> internally and externally like it just it like tightens your skin too. It does. Yes. And the only challenge, challenging part was for me was breath work. Now, how, like, I know you said you usually are in cold plunge or when you do cold plunge, you do it for a few minutes, right? Or how long have you done it for? It totally varies in my shower. I'll do 30 seconds to two minutes. Okay. And in outside, like, I think today we did about five or six minutes maybe and in when we go to the river uh the river's a lot colder I find yeah. or in in certain lakes up in the mountains like yeah. where there's there's actual icebergs floating around yeah um, it'll be for me it'll be a couple minutes so it could be yeah. anywhere from a couple minutes to 20 minutes depending and I usually what I usually do is I just listen to my body some days are shorter than others other days I feel really good and then um just knowing when I can challenge myself and at what point will it get dangerous, right? Yeah. Where being mindful of that. So as soon as my body starts shaking, mm -hmm. um, that's when I get up and yeah. 
um, yeah, and I've, I, I don't want to put my body through, you know, too much. Um, but I definitely find that the more that I do it, the more, the longer that I stay in and it's, I'm not as resistant to it. Amazing. Yeah. That's, that's definitely, yeah. So basically just listen to your body, right. More than anything. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. And I know I've had my own challenges with breath work. Um, so how often, and often found myself get distracted quite easily with that. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to give up. But for someone who is a beginner, what advice would you give them in terms of getting started with even basic either meditation, breath work, or any of these sort of mindful, um, mindfulness, um, you know, habits? Yeah, I would say to embrace the discomfort. And I know that sounds very uh, cheesy, but it's it's true. <laughs> like, Perfect. I that when I when I'm being resistant to something, it's just an opportunity to listen a little more. And I'm usually, I find myself like whether it's meditation or breath work that when I'm resisting it, there's, there's usually something there that um, whether it's a breakthrough or what, but just to sit in the discomfort and, and I end up having like such beautiful experiences when I do, uh, when I push past that and I, yeah, I just kind of go back to my breath and, I also have found, um, I'm not sure what your experience was with breath work that you didn't, may I ask what you didn't like about it or what kind of breath work it was? Um, I felt like when I first did cold plunge or even when I meditate, sometimes I end up finding, my, finding myself a bit kind of huffing and puffing. And it's almost like I sometimes lose control of my breath. Um, not that it's a major thing, but I feel it's not consistent. So it's almost like, yeah, I'm just trying to kind of find that flow. And I'm, and to be honest, I'm a runner as well. And just lately, it's just been a bit challenging for me. And I don't know why. Okay, I, I can kind of relate to this. And someone actually pointed out to me how as an athlete too, if you're running and um, working out, like breath is really important while we're exercising. Right. And a lot of people, myself included, when I was running, I would never actually pay attention to my breath right. or how I'm breathing. And I would just kind of breathe like I usually do. And I can be a very short breather, which right. then kind of, um, but I can relate to what you said with not really enjoying the breath work and not being able to catch your breath. And I found that there's a lot of different types of breath work out there, different techniques. And cool. I find that I'm more resistant to some than others. And yeah. I feel like some feel really masculine and some feel a little more feminine. And so yes. I feel like, uh, I might, I might not say the techniques properly, but, um, conscious connected breath work. I absolutely love, I love the conscious connected breath work. Cause I, it's, it's almost like you can get into such a deep level where you, where I've experienced hallucinant, hallucinating. And no I way. Feel like, yeah, I've never, I've never experimented with psychedelics and mm -hmm. I've literally like gotten high off my own supply. I'm like, if oh I gosh. tried, like, I don't, I don't even know, I don't know, acid maybe, uh, who knows? Um, <laughs> but, I mean, not like, literally, I, but then it's just like one of those like brain chemical yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like this would, it, this is what it would be like, but see, it's crazy what our, what 
like superpowers our breath has. And it's also so good for trauma release and like bringing things to the surface. And, um, you know, there's people who are so experienced at leading breath work and they're certified to do it and having right. somebody who guides you through it. And so conscious connected breath work, I absolutely love. It's my favorite. It's like a nice, gentle flow. Mm -hmm. The Wim Hof I'm, I like, and sometimes I don't, cause I feel like it's like such a, um, I have to be in the mood for it in a way. And like, sometimes I have to just embrace the discomfort too, but that one, um, I also enjoy, but I find myself having a harder time breathing in right. that one. And then um, breath of fire, I, which I, I think it's called breath of fire and Kundalini okay. to do it. It could be yeah. saying the name wrong, but that one I really like too. So okay. there's certain ones that are easier for me than others I find. That's amazing. Yeah. I think like, also, like you mentioned, it's kind of like cold plunge. You have to be really careful, especially with people who have, you know, depression or anxiety. It's great. But I think, um, sometimes it may not be as safe, right? Like doing breath work for people who have anxiety or depression or any other symptoms. Yeah. Again, I think, I think definitely having somebody that is a certified breathwork practitioner is really important. Yeah. Like we do for the cold plunges, we have somebody who is, we just, we like to say for like everyone, it's like, do it at your own risk and do it in your own space kind of thing. We just, the community aspect is like everybody will usually take a turn leading something. And so we just all do it on our own, but somebody will guide it. And, um, but like at the retreats that I do, like we always have a certified breathwork facilitator and they are right. trained to, uh, to deal with whatever comes up for mm -hmm. people, whether it's trauma or um, like just being able to facilitate that space in a really healthy way, because some things do come up for people, right? And um, whether you're dealing with depression or anxiety or, or not, like mm -hmm. there's certain things that come up, like there's been things that come up for me and um, and it's been, it, it, it's been, uh, such a, for me, like it's been such a like good release and a really incredible experience all that's, the time. That's yeah. Yeah. I think I just need to kind of be a bit more consistent with my breath work, but that actually leads me to my last question because I know we're running out of time. Um, you have a retreat coming up yes. for, the portal to self. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, <I> got you. <laughs> can you tell us a bit about that? And I know it's going to be happening next week on March 22nd and 23rd. Um, yeah. Like I would love for you to briefly chat about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the portal to self was my little COVID baby. I really wanted to, I've wanted to host retreats for a while, but in-person ones. And then during COVID, it was such a blessing in disguise because I stopped working and because um, of the lockdown. And then I was like, you know what, I can just do this online. And then yeah. it was such an incredible experience. And um, it's, so the portal to self is an intentional experiential like reconnection retreat. And so mm -hmm. my belief behind this is that if we have more, the more self-love that we have, the better that we can show up for others. And then we can make a bigger impact in the world as a collective. And that's my big why behind it. And I feel like there is this sense of community of people who are 
whether they're curious about mindfulness, whether they are pros at mindfulness, whatever area somebody is in space for them to come. And it's like a tune up and it's a little bit of a smorgasbord of different modalities that we rotate through every month. And we pick a theme or different seasons. And so for instance, with the next one, it's going to be March 22nd and 23rd from 5.30 PM till 9.30 PM PST. And our theme for this one is rejuvenation because we're going into spring. So the modalities that we have on this retreat is authentic connection, because I think community is such an important, important thing, especially during COVID where a lot of people are feeling lonely and like they, we don't have a sense of community. So doing exercises around authentic connection. And then we're doing um, the conscious connected breath work that I was telling you about And then we have a resilience with breath work and cold water exposure as well. So we kind of are going to experience a little bit of a a more feminine approach than Mm -hmm. the typical breath work. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, that would be a good one for you, actually. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And um, I know you did mention this will be held via Zoom, right? So how is that going to happen? Like for everybody, because usually retreats are... I guess, in person. And I guess this would be something different. So how is that going to happen? Yeah, so it's, it, at first, it's, it sounds weird to think about it, but it's actually works really well. Mm -hmm. So we everything we do is experiential online. So it is through zoom, but we're always doing something. So a different facilitator, we have six coming up on this next retreat, they will be guiding a session. And then in that session, we'll be doing exercises and there's breakout rooms in Zoom. So for the authentic connection piece, for instance, we put people in the breakout rooms so they can connect and we'll give them leading questions or topics. And then uh, with the breath work, people will be laying down in their own home and they'll they'll be guided by Barry. And then we have a feng shui session and a nourishing your gut, body, and mind session where that's like the dinner session where there will be some writing, but it's an opportunity for people to kind of have dinner on their own and watch and learn. Oh, interesting. I love it. And yeah, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to be part of this. And for anybody who does, what, like, how can they join this? Yeah, they can go to the portal to self dot com and there's uh eventbrite uh that it will lead them to and they can also check out our instagram page it yes. has all the links on there and it's- which i will be adding on the description yep mm-hmm. yeah so ev- everyone is welcome to join um it's a really wonderful community we've had we've had people some people there's probably about six people that have done mm-hmm. just about every single one of them right. and it's really cool to see like the transformations that they've had in their life and that they've shared about. It's like seeing a 180 and more confidence, more financial abundance and Mm -hmm. more joy and better relationships. So it's, it's just such a ripple effect. I find when we take the time to work on ourselves and how it impacts not only the way that we show up and the way that we feel the things around us, things we start manifesting. And then also, you know, as a collective making a bigger difference in the world right that's awesome well I know you have to go but just before going off I just want to ask your last question what impact would you like to make Miss Halia oh my goodness so (laughs) many but I think the one that I really want to make is I want I want to be able to 
like facilitate this space where people can love themselves just a little bit more. Absolutely. That's so incredible. I so appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and I love what you're doing and I'm so excited for you with everything. Thank you so much, Natalia, for coming on from my lens podcast. And uh, yeah, I wish you all the best. You too.